This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Everyone wants peace. And many people promise a wide variety of pathways to taking hold of and experiencing peace. But seemingly very few people consistently enjoy peace. Everyone wants peace. And many people promise a wide variety of pathways to attaining peace. But seemingly very few people consistently enjoy peace. Just a simple Google search will come up article after article after article after article of different pathways to peace. Anywhere from like the Rolling Stones have articles about how to attain peace to Oprah has pathways to peace and just the Wall Street Journal has articles and the New York Times have articles and just everywhere you search and you walk in your local bookstore and there's, there's all kinds of titles telling us how we can hold peace. I read this one article uh, and it was titled uh, 25 Beautiful Places to Visit to Find Peace of Mind. Some of the places that they listed were the American Prairie uh, Reserve in Montana. Quebec, Canada, Sabi Sands, South Africa, the Grumetti Reserves in Tanzania, and Kerala, India, just to name a few. But I want to ask this morning, must we go into debt (laughs) and take a big long vacation and travel to an exotic place in the world in order to take hold of peace of mind. I'm titling the sermon this morning, Pay Close Attention to Palm Sunday, because as we look at the text that gives us Palm Sunday, that that recounts to us the events of Palm Sunday, there's some images and illusions of peace that I think you'll find interesting. So I want you to follow along with me, picking up in verse uh, chapter 18, Luke chapter 18. We'll pick up in verse 31, and then we'll pivot over to Luke 19. Uh, so church, if you've got your Bibles, Luke 18, if you're there, would you just encourage your pastor this morning to hold it up? Let me know you're with you. You know, If you didn't take Bible drill like I didn't, I cheat. I know what text I'm asking you to turn to, so I'm already there. So I'm going to give the rest of you a few more seconds to find your way to Luke 18. Whip out your phone, pull it up. Um, okay, I've given you a few more seconds, Luke 18. If you're with me, just hold up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there's black Bibles in the chairs there. It's just a gift to you, so take that home with you and enjoy that uh, Bible. Luke chapter 18 is where we are, picking up in verse 31. You, you follow along as I read. And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and every, everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. Let me just pause there. Luke is writing about Jesus. Jesus is preparing to go into, uh, to, to go into Jerusalem. Um, he's preparing to go to the cross. But what we see here is, is the context, the big picture context. 
God had a chosen people, Israel. And God sent kings to, to lead Israel, and they were all imperfect kings. And God sent prophets to speak to Israel, and they promised a perfect king. They promised a coming Messiah. And, and so here Jesus is, is saying, Luke records, In taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. So dozens and dozens of prophecies in the Old Testament predicting Jesus' pathway to the cross, Jesus' resurrection. Verse 32, For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them. And they did not grasp what was said. You ever, you ever feel like you open up your Bible and you read and you're like, I got nothing. <laughs> it's like, man, like three words. I, don't, I can't even define those three words that they use there. I can't pronounce two of them. I think I might know what they mean. You know, you ever walk out of a sermon going, a lot of passion preacher, but I don't know if I grasped what you were seeking to, to say. If you've ever felt that way, you're in good company. Here's Jesus' disciples. They'd been with him moment by moment, day by day, walking everywhere he went, listening to him teach, watching him perform miracles. And here Jesus tells them the most important thing. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says, the gospel is of first importance. And here he says, I'm going to die. I'm going to rise. And they were like, we don't get it. We, don't, we, just, we just don't get it. So if you're, if you're still grasping for clarity on this whole deal, you're in really good company. Because these, these were Jesus' disciples. Now pivot over with me to Luke chapter 19, where we see Palm Sunday. Luke chapter 19, and we'll read this in verse 28 and following. Luke 19, verse 28. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent uh, two of his disciples saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, you shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent, who, those who were sent went away and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? <laughs> you know, right? Uh, hello? My yard, my colt, what are you doing? <laughs> All right, verse 34. And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. Throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. So must we travel to an exotic place in order to capture peace? I think we're all desperate for it. We're all, we all long for it. Well, just a couple of hand, handles that we see in this text. First, consider the place of peace. Look back with me in verse 28. 
And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to where? Jerusalem. Cities often have names attached to them, right? Uh, New York City is the city that never... All right, you're waking up. Come on. Come on, 10 a.m. Philadelphia is the city of brotherly... There you go. Nashville is... Yeah, you guys know it. Listen, the name of Jerusalem was Foundation of Peace. Foundation of Peace. Here the Son of God is is heading into a city whose name, whose very name is Foundation of Peace. So dear friends, some of you came in here and you're you're an absolute wreck. Your life is an absolute mess. You wake up anxious, you go to bed anxious. You absolutely don't know what to do. And the Lord, sovereign king over it all, has woven into the story of Jesus, has woven into the life of Jesus, has woven into the unfolding reality in the events of Jesus' life, a message that he wanted all of us to take hold of. It's not a maze. It's It's not hidden from us where we can't figure it out. Rather, he's laying it out saying, my son was going to die in a city that's called the foundation of peace. The God who made you wants your heart to be ruled by peace. He doesn't want us to be tossed around like a pinball with all the circumstances of life. He wants us to to be steady when the circumstances of life get difficult. So not only consider the place of peace, but, but ponder the passage of peace. I want you to see this with me. What do I mean by ponder the passage of peace? Look at verse 29. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village in front of you where you're entering. You will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're untying it, you shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent, those who were sent went away and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. Now, what's the significance of this? Well, um, you know, this scene, when you read through the rest of the verses, you've got this electric scene where they're shouting praises and praises. You know, Jesus' disciples are all gathered around. And it reminds me of like the night before an election. You've seen the scene, right? You've watched the news. They've gathered into a really nice banquet hall, right? And they're holding up the signs of the name of the, you know, who they want to be the next president. And it's an electric environment, unless like it's already over. You know, it's elect- everybody's singing praises of the, the next politician that they're trying to usher in. And this was a seen very similar to what was happening as Jesus rode in on the colt. In in other words, the disciples had already seen these amazing acts, but we saw earlier that they didn't yet grasp it all fully. In other words, they thought like Jesus was going to like usher in some powerful political movement. And so when kings would ride into uh, a, a town that they were seeking to take over by force, they would ride in on like a fierce war horse like you can see it right the armor they're ready like a giant strong war horse when they were seeking to take over by force that's what they would do but when they were coming into a neighboring town and they were seeking to communicate peace they would ride in on a donkey 
It's a donkey. So Jesus, to be sure, Jesus is going to rule. Jesus is going to bring his rule. But he's not taking over as a politician by force. He's coming humbly. And he's coming to die and to rise. He's coming in a completely different way. What's, what's, what's so powerful about this is Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, 500 years before Jesus rides in on a, on a colt, this is what Zechariah said, the Lord said through the prophet Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and, and having, having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey. On a colt. The fowl of a donkey, Zechariah 9, 9. So 500 years before Jesus sends his disciples to go find this colt, God is laying out through prophecy, this is how the son is going to come in as king on a donkey. And it happens exactly like God said it was going to happen. Some of you, you harden your heart to the prophecies in the scriptures, but the fulfillment of prophecies are intended to break our hearts before God. The fulfillment of prophecy is, is intended to break our pride before God. So that we recognize Jesus is the Son of God, worthy of my worship, worthy of my trust, worthy of my obedience, worthy of my fellowship. He is king, I am not. So friends, don't ignore this fulfillment of prophecy and ponder the passage of peace. This donkey, he rides in on a donkey. Listen, God does not want our life to be riddled with anxiety. So he sends Jesus to the city that's the foundation of peace. He sends Jesus on a donkey, this passage of peace. And did you hear the praises when we read through it the first time? Hear the praise for peace. Look at verse 38 through 40. Look at it with me. We'll pick it up in verse 37. And as he was drawing near already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Let me just pause there. They had seen Jesus do some mighty works, but they didn't grasp it all yet, right? They had a glimpse of his glory. And all it took was a glimpse of his glory to give them a song of praise. So some, of you, some of you, you don't sing yet because you don't have it all figured out. You're not going to figure it all out. The finite cannot perfectly figure out the infinite. The creatures cannot perfectly figure out the creator. The book of Deuteronomy says that the secret things belong to the Lord. In other words, there's things in the mind of God that we'll never understand, we'll never know. So you got to give up trying to know the mind of God perfectly and receive his Revelation, the sacred scriptures. You get a glimpse of his glory. You have a song to, to sing. Look at it with me, verse 38, saying, Blessed is the king. This is what they were singing. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They're singing this they're singing, declaring that there's a song in heaven, a song of peace. That our home, our eternal home is, is ruled by peace. Our eternal home is a place of peace. The song in heaven is a song of, of peace. Dear friends, this is what God has for us. Peace. The Pharisees said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Have <laughs> you ever heard the phrase, um, dumb as a rock? anybody ever called you that <laughs> i'm sure i've been called that behind my back you know <laughs> like 
She's just dumb as a rock, you know. You ever called anybody that? What do we mean when we say dumb as a rock? I don't know. It's kind of an impressive rock, isn't it? It's a big rock, heavy rock. Jesus said if, um, Jesus said if we, he, he responds to his Pharisee, the Pharisees, and he said if my disciples don't, if they, if they don't sing to me, the rocks will cry out. I wonder what it would sound like. I wonder if it sounded like Mike or Megan, you know? <laughs> or me. I, I like I don't want to insult anybody this morning. But but like, I think the modern-day translation of this verse is Jesus saying, if you don't sing my praise, you're dumb as a rock. Because they know. They know. They know. They know. So, so we see that God has this message of peace for us. Consider the place of peace and ponder this passage, this, this donkey of peace, and hear the praise peace all of this all of this is built in so that we would trust in the prince of peace so that we would trust in the prince of peace the listen the the lord unfolded history so that we would go wow the city was the foundation of peace wow he rode in on a donkey an image of peace wow they were singing praises for the peace in heaven you want peace? Trust in the Prince of Peace. You can travel to every exotic land you want to and you can sit on every beautiful beach you want to, but it might like, you know, like <laughs> turn the volume down on the stress and anxiety while you're there and for a notch, but dear friends, only Jesus can give you peace. Lasting peace, real peace. Peace when life is crumbling, peace. And what kind of peace? We need a lot, we need a lot of kind of peace. What kind of peace does Jesus want to give? Well, Jesus wants to give inner peace. And this is the way the scripture tells us. The prophet Isaiah says it this way in Isaiah 26, verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's a promise from God's word. You keep him, me, you, our kids, our grandma. Like you keep them in perfect peace when their mind is stayed on you, fixed on you. Not wandering from you, fixed on you because they trust in you. You keep them in Perfect peace, inner peace. It's available to you, friends. It's available to us. So God gives us inner peace, and God promises world peace. He promises world peace. In Micah chapter 4, verse 3, God speaks to the prophet Micah, and listen to what he says. He shall judge between many peoples and shall decide for strong nations far away, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Listen, I'm so thankful that we've got brave men and women in our church and in our community that are learning war to protect our country. But I'm even more thankful that King Jesus is putting an end to all wars so that we can all experience infinite, eternal peace. Peace! That's why these brave men and women 
defend our country is so that we might enjoy peace. But the King Jesus went to the cross and rose from the dead so that we could eternally enjoy peace. It's like every soldier in the room is a parable of King Jesus this morning. Do you see that, church? Do you see that? How bravely and how fiercely they defend us so that we might enjoy peace in our country. Jesus went to the cross and rose from the dead and has promised to come again and usher in eternal peace. World peace. <laughs> the thing that everybody on every stage wants. What do you want? World peace. There's only one. There's only one that can give it. It's King Jesus. And if inner peace and if world peace was not enough, Jesus will give you peace with God. Jesus will give you peace with God if you trust in him today. Romans 5.8 says it th this way. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago, we studied what justified meant. And justified means in an instant, you're forgiven of all your sin and declared to be righteous and holy before God. I'll just say that again. That's what it means to be justified. In an instant, you're forgiven of all your sin and declared to be righteous before a holy God. You say, how, how can that be? That's how wonderful the cross is. Jesus became a curse for us so that we could be declared his righteousness. Jesus took on our sin so that we could take on the, 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 the coat of his righteousness. It's, an, it's a miracle, this great exchange that happened on the cross. Jesus took the wrath of God so we could get the mercy of God. Jesus took the judgment of God so we could get the, the grace of God, the, the love of God on our life. And Paul wrote in Romans 5, 5, 8, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified, what's the fruit of being justified? Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Why is that so significant? Here's why. Listen, it's because in our sin, we've made ourselves an enemy to God. Did you know that? In your rebellion, you've made yourself an enemy to God, but God does not want to be our enemy. He wants to be our friend and our father. So he sent Jesus to the cross to take our sin and our rebellion, to cancel what we owe, to pay our debt and to change the nature of our relationship with him. This is the good news of the gospel, friends. Jesus did it to give us peace with God. No, more, no longer alienated from him, now brought into the family. A beloved child. That's how he sees us and relates to us. There's some of you this morning that you need to trust Jesus today for the first time. You need to call upon him to save you. You need to call upon him to give you peace. And I just want to give you an opportunity right now. Would you bow your hearts and heads in prayer? Just close your eyes and bow your heart before the Lord in his presence right here. And if you're here this morning and you've never, never called upon the Lord Jesus to save you, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. If you've never trusted in him, maybe you've been looking for peace in everything but him. But this morning, if you want to turn to him and trust in him to experience this peace, would you just talk to God and say something like this in your heart? Just silently in your heart, say something like this. God, I am a mess. And I can't hold it together. God, I've sinned against you. And I need your forgiveness. God, I'm anxious and I need your peace. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Jesus, thank you for the victory that I can have through your resurrection. Lord Jesus, please save me.
Thank you, Lord, for loving me. And just with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that today for the first time, trusting in Jesus, would you just look up at me and raise your hand? Nobody's looking around, but I just want to see you so I can pray for you and celebrate with you. Anybody here, just lift your hand. I see your brother right on. I see a sister. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? I had two young women and one young man saying, I'm trusting in Jesus today. I'm calling upon Jesus to save me. I need the peace that only Jesus can give. Anybody else? If you're worshiping with us online, now is your moment to leave a comment saying, I'm trusting in Jesus today. I've trusted too long in myself. I've looked for peace in all the wrong places, but I'm turning to Jesus today. Just leave a comment right now, wherever you're worshiping with us from. Anybody else? Many of you would say, you know what, I've, I've tasted this peace, I've enjoyed this peace, but I've wandered so far from God that the peace feels so weak, it, and I want to turn back to Him today so that I can experience that peace full on. There's probably dozens of us in this room, would you just lift your hand saying, I need to turn back to Jesus today and walk more closely with Jesus. I see you, I see you all over. Amen, amen, I see you. Right on. Right on. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. I pray for these new brothers and sisters in Christ that have turned to you to trust in you for the first time, and I celebrate your grace in their life. Thank you for adopting them as your children. Thank you that though their sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Thank you that when we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we just say welcome to the family of God, to those that are trusting in you today. And Lord, for those that are turning back to you, that want to walk more closely with you, we pray, Spirit of God, strengthen them, stir in their hearts today. Give them a devotion to rise early, to meet with you, to get on their knees, to open up your word, to seek you like they've never sought you before. And Father, would you flood them with inner peace? Would you let peace rule their hearts? We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. You know, there's probably some here this morning that you would say, I'm still like the disciples. I appreciate everything that you're doing here, but it's just still not totally clear to me. I'm not, I'm not grasping at all. I just want you to know you're at the right place. And if you're still seeking clarity, I want to give you three steps. And the first one is keep coming, start praying, and ask questions. So just because it's not clear, don't stop coming. Keep coming. Lean in and start praying. And some of you might say, well, I don't even know if God is there. That's okay. Just, just say, God, if you're there, I want to talk to you. Just speak to him. Start praying and then ask questions. You can do that here on Sunday morning. You can join a community group where there's followers of Jesus and you just bring their questions. Listen, we're not afraid of your questions. And most importantly, God isn't. God's not. The greatest questions have the greatest answers. So be really curious and ask lots of questions. Keep coming and start talking to God and, and ask questions. Amen? Church is going to be an incredible couple weeks. I hope you come, invite all your friends. But we still have a, a song to sing this morning. So would you join me on your feet? Lift up your heart to the Lord. Sing out with all you've got. Hey, don't let a rock cry out for you this morning, right on? Come on. Anybody dumb as a rock in this place? Anybody going to be dumb as a rock? One more time. Anybody give me dumb as a rock? All right, let's sing out. Let's sing out. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.